dirt road in a gooseneck saddle up with me dry land in god's country crops far as i can see the headlights on both ends of my day this country Welcome, folks, to HPJ Talk, the podcast from High Plains Journal, bringing the ag news and commentary of the week to you. I'm Jennifer Latsky, and I'm joined by my colleague, Kayleen Scott. Hey there, Kayleen. Hey, Jenny. In this week's episode, we'll bring you the stories you might have missed in the December 28th print edition. And by the way, folks, if you haven't already heard, to show our support for 4-H, High Plains Journal will be donating 25% of all subscription revenue to 4-H now through December 31st, so not very much time. Um, And you can add a gift subscription right now for just $20. So there's no better time to start, renew, or give a High Plains Journal subscription. Visit hpjsubscribe.com to get started. That's hpjsubscribe.com. Sign up online and 25% of your subscription will benefit 4-H. Well, hey, Kayleen, it's the last week of 2020. Can I get a hallelujah? <laughs> hallelujah, praise the Lord. <laughs> Can I get an amen, sister? <laughs> I have been looking forward to this. With I, Anybody that's known me for a long time knows I loathe and despise New Year's Eve. I hate it. It is the most useless day on the calendar just because I don't see the point of getting drunk and then getting on the roads with a whole bunch of other drunk people and then getting killed in a car wreck. It's just, yeah, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. And by the way, if you're a listener and that's happened to you, I apologize. And I'm sorry, but I have no use for New Year's Eve parties, Kayleen, never have. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we, when we were younger, we used to go and it was always fun to go to the bar and go out and see everybody out. And when your head hurt the next day, it wasn't always that much, <laughs> that much fun. <laughs> You had to go do the walk of shame, find your vehicle. <laughs> yeah, but now nine o'clock is my midnight. Yeah, I'm asleep in the chair by 930. And then I wake up at midnight to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, but if there was ever a time that I was going to go out and celebrate New Year's Eve at the stroke of midnight this year, I think watching 2020 be in our rear view mirrors is worth it, <laughs> Kayleen. Kind of the way I thought about 2017 gave it the middle finger as it went on out. <laughs> there is that. Yeah. There is that. Well, what are you going to remember from 2020, Kayleen? The good and the bad and the ugly. <laughs> I don't know. Probably how it started out as any other year, you know, normal normal work things, normal kid things. And you just went on with a new year and then the, you know, what hit the fan in March and it's been, been different. You know, I got to thinking the other day this year, March 17th was about like the, the cow that stole Christmas in um, 2003. You know, when we, when we had our first confirmed case of bovine spongiform encephalopathy and a dairy cow in Washington state 
on Christmas Eve in 2003, um, that was a major, major time in, in the newsroom. I can remember I was on vacation to my folks in Montana. And um, I said, hey, I can rent a car and be in Moses Lake, Washington in about eight hours. <laughs> we put the kibosh on that. But um, never before have I seen us work together so well as a team um, to get coverage and to keep on top of the emerging story. It's, it's just been amazing to me. And, and all the events that were canceled and all of the, all of the stuff that the normalcy that we li- we learned to live without. You know, I, I remember as a kid hearing about the, the Spanish flu pandemic of 1918, 1919. I'd never sunk in. Even when I was a kid and I would go you know, with our Sunday school class and, and you do stone rubbings on the cemetery, um, out at the, at the church, right. You know, uh, you, you go on and do stone rubbings because those are your ancestors, you know, it's history, it's ever, et cetera. And I remember one of my classmates, you know, saying, well, there's a lot of stones from 1918. What's that about? And the teacher had to explain to us, well, Spanish influenza came through and swept the valley and, a lot of people died. And, and I think um, looking at, at COVID-19 and this year and learning to live with that, I have a better appreciation for what my grandparents lived through and, and how they survived with so little. <laughs> they made do and they just plowed through and, and made it work. And that's what we've had to do, right, Kate? Yeah, we've just been lucky. I mean, Sean and I had a discussion the other day about how people have lost their jobs and they don't have any money. And he's like, well, dad was, dad's never going to lose his job. And I was like, no, (laughs) nothing is ever guaranteed in this world. Your dad could, you know, the guy he's working for could quit farming. He'd have to get rid of his cows and, you know, it's just never guaranteed. And we've been lucky. We've had, you know, not much as far as economically been affected but, you know, the, the kids were out of school for, what, six months and all the stuff they wanted to do was canceled and Christmas this year. They're like, well, why aren't they doing the the Christmas in the park thing? Why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they doing that? And I'm like, it's COVID. And they've gotten to the point where they're not very nice when you talk about COVID. And <laughs> if you could, if they could say the F word, they probably would. <laughs> they may not say it, but they think it. because they know that that's the strongest cuss word out there. (laughs) I I gotta say, Kayleen, I know that at the stroke of midnight on December 31st, it's not going to magically change. I know we're still going to have COVID. I know, you know, we're, we're slowly getting people vaccinated. The more people that get their vaccinations and both shots, both shots, people, not just one, don't half vaccinate it, two shots. The more we get, the the better off that we can build some walls and we can we can start to get ahead of the virus. And maybe, maybe we come out of this in 2021 a little bit more appreciative of things. You know, I, I never really appreciated a lot of what I have, a lot of the blessings. But yeah. you know, travel's a blessing. Tell you what, if I'd known, Kayleen, that the last time I was going to be on a plane was in February, 
I, I, I don't think I would have cursed the leg room as much as I did. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd be this person, but I'd be like, you know, I, I kind of miss using my rolling bag. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And when I was in the store looking for something, I think it was, I don't remember, super glue or something. And it was over by the paint. And I walked by the aisle that had all the suitcases. And it's like, I wonder how many people actually buy them things. <laughs> right now. You know, there's people still traveling. People are still driving to wherever they want to go. But when I see a rolling bag, I think of an airport. So. <laughs> Well, here's hoping that in 2021, we can get the heck out of Dodge and get back on the road and seeing people and covering stories and um, making memories and, and taking some time to appreciate what we have. Right, Kayleen? Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, how are you folks out there? Drop us a line at hpjtalk at hpj.com. Let us know. Or you can always call us at 1-800-452-7171. And do us a favor and head over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and leave us a review. Well, folks, it's just a few more days until 2020 is truly hindsight. <laughs> See what I did there, Kaylee? I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for riding with us here on HPJ Talk. This week's cover story is by Jenny, A Year We Won't Soon Forget, 2020 in Review. Jenny, what were some of the highlights from this year's reporting? Well, Kayleen, I tell you what, in, in 12 months, there was one predominant story, obviously. It was COVID-19. But, you know, we started the year pretty, pretty encouragingly. Um, we had trade agreements. Uh, the trade agreement with Japan went into effect January 1st, and that dropped tariffs on U.S. beef. We had the phase one deal with China that was going to have like a $40 billion sales to the country. We had the, U the new USMCA agreement. Um, farmers overall were optimistic, even though there were some, some troublesome spots in, in politics and such. Um, but then we had the first reported case of COVID-19 in the U.S. on January 20th in Washington state. And I don't know if you remember, but that was right about the time that you and I started um, heading on the road, going to national meetings. Do you remember San Antonio and NCBA and going on the trade show floor and you're all kind of slightly joking about the coronavirus at that point? Because really all we knew was it was, a, you know, it affected Wuhan, China. There were, um, you know, some reports that were coming out of, of people being you know, barricaded in their homes um, by the state. And, and really, the only thing that was on our minds was, well, how is this going to affect spring planting, right? Yeah. And how you're going to deal with your cattle and everything as far as the markets go and all that sort of thing and the packing plants. And there was what, 6,000, 8,000 people at, at NCBA and Commodity Classic? Something like that. There were huge huge, massive crowds. And now, you know, we're looking ahead and NCBA has gone virtual. 
uh, Commodity Classic will be going virtual, Farm Bureau's meeting, annual meetings virtual. Um, you know, the trade show environment just got upended by COVID-19. Um, <laughs> what we wouldn't have given to know that in February, you know, hindsight, right? Yeah. Well, well then by, by March 17th, we had 3,503 cases across the U.S. Um, and ironically, that was the last day we were all together in the High Plains Journal office because at end of business on that day, we bugged out like we were a bunch of people off of MASH. <laughs> Everybody figured out how to pack up their computers and head for home so we could work from home. Kayleen, you've been working from home on and off since you had the kids, but this was a new experience for you, right? Yeah, I mean, when I was on maternity leave, it was different because I wasn't really working yet and had a screaming child to take care of and then kind of transitioned when I got a little older to working at home. And it was easy when it was nap time to do some work and then put them back down for a nap and do some more work. And, and then when they started calling, when they called school off, it made it, made it not very much fun for anybody in this house. <laughs> I think for me, the, the biggest thing has been the lack of noise. <laughs> I, I often find myself turning the TV or the radio or, or something on for noise just to have that background hum because the office always has that noise. And you and I have joked for years about, wouldn't it be great to have four walls and a door? And then we got our offices. Yeah. Shut the door. <laughs> and now, Kayleen, I would give anything to hear Jennifer Sewer's laugh outside the door. Yeah. Even the slamming of the doors um, to the bathrooms. What <laughs> I, I wouldn't give to hear that sound. Um. So I, I think for me, what really threw me for a loop in, in looking at this story was just, there were two events that got canceled right at the top, and those were eye-openers. Those were attention grabbers. The NCAA canceled the, the March Madness, the basketball championship, just as it was kicking off. Well, and actually, the Big 12 tournament was going on, and they canceled right. it. They had the first round, and then, because Oklahoma State was supposed to play, and then they canceled it. And, and think about that. I mean, that was such an eye-opener of, oh, wow, this is really serious. Well, then we heard out of Houston that, that the, uh, the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, they sent exhibitors home after just, what, a day, a day and a half of showing? Yeah, when very much. They'd already had a couple of rounds of the rodeo, too. So there was not only livestock there, but there was rodeo contestants. And Houston's a huge rodeo. Yeah. So those two events were just pivotal points of the year that when we, when we look back on it, that's right about when we started taking things seriously. And then from that point on, COVID-19 just colored everything uh, from family gatherings to people turning to baking their own bread from sourdough starters, which I'm pretty, pretty certain that the, the symbols of 2020 are going to be rolls of toilet paper, sourdough starters, and a gallon bucket of hand sanitizer. <laughs> That's all we're going to remember. Um, but like I said before, Kayleen, it was a wild year, but you know what? I'm really grateful that we have the staff that we have at High Plains Journal, um, the professionalism that we had in office and out of the office was just beyond compare. And, um, and of course, the good people that read us every week that invite us into their homes, Kayleen, they do the, the essential work of making sure that we are fed and clothed. So, um, 
2020 was a year that we're not going to soon forget, but uh, I, I think when we look back on it, we're going to realize that we had some blessings in there too. That's for sure, Jenny. Well, elsewhere in this week's issue, contributor David Murray shared that ethanol producers have lost $3.8 billion to the pandemic. According to the Renewable Fuels Association, restricted movement due to COVID-19 precautions led to reduced miles on highways and therefore 2 billion fewer gallons of ethanol blended for gasoline consumption. Wow. 2 billion less gallons. Wow. Well, hey, on our opinions page, editor Dave Bergmeier wrote about the 2020, um, the year 2020 in his editorial, 2020 was one for the books. And Kayleen had a story in the livestock section, nutritional considerations for the modern equine. And remember, if you've missed any of these stories, you can always find them online at www.hpj.com. And if you're looking for a way to give this holiday season and get something in return, High Plains Journal will be donating 25% of all subscription revenue to 4-H now through December 31st. You can add a gift subscription for just $20. There's no better time to start, renew, or gift an HPJ subscription. Visit hpjsubscribe.com to get started. Again, that's hpjsubscribe.com. Sign up online and your tw- and 25% of your subscription rate will benefit 4-H. Folks, if you have a response to something you've read or heard here, please write to us at journal at hpj.com or hpjtalk at hpj.com. We'd love to hear from you. Your grain market prices from Dodge City's Pride Ag Resources on December 22nd, corn was up at $4.72, wheat was up at $5.49, milo was up at $5.74, and soybeans were up at $11.67. If you'd like to have crop or livestock targeted news emailed directly to you, sign up for our HPJ Direct email newsletters on our website, www.hpj.com slash signup. Simply select the topics that interest you and you'll receive updates on them directly to your email. Be sure to watch for our first issue of 2021 of High Plains Journal in your mailboxes January 4th for the story from Dave Bergmeier. And look for additional content online anytime at www.hpj.com. Remember, you can subscribe for free to this podcast at hpj.com podcast. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Play, and wherever you download podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at HPJ Talk for news and commentary throughout the week. And you can always drop us a line at our email, hpjtalk at hpj.com. Thanks again, folks, for riding along with us as we bring ag news and commentary to you. And remember, as Dodge City's favorite lawman, Wyatt Earp, once said, fast is fine, but accuracy is everything. We'll see you on the trail. Dirt road in a gooseneck, saddle up with me. Dry land in God's country, crops far as I can see.